polarized people out there welcome to the polarized podcast i am your host james uh it's a nicholas cage kind of day folks we're so excited to finally get into a nicholas cage polarizing movie uh we talk about polarizing movies here movies that uh audiences and critics disagree on uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, sometimes audiences love it or critics hate it or vice versa. Uh, this little ditty of a national treasure, NT, as like the big fans like to call it, NT, NT2, book, BOS, Book of Seeks. Um, this is a 2004 feature from the Leigh Bruckheimer, uh, 46% from the critics, 46 and then uh, 76%, a 30% higher for the uh, audience. Pretty divisive. For a blockbuster movie that spawned a sequel, uh, a big blockbuster movie that came out in, in 2004. Um, and when uh, Nicolas Cage could uh, helm a Disney feature. And uh, this was this was quite a time. This was, a, I think, a prominent time in my life, as well as uh, my very handsome co-host that's uh walking through the door hey hey there ghost yeah take a seat oh yeah he's okay he's he's coming in wow all right how yeah make yourself comfortable yeah okay excuse me ah god it's such a tight space we're in the this i know we are this discord channel i mean yes oh no this is this is face to face uh and speaking of faces hey I got a Brandini oh, yeah. face in front of me, uh, yes, staring at me on this fine, fine day, um, where we are going to be discussing a polarizing movie. And this is, this is a, this is a safe space for, for fun conversation regarding movies that a lot of people disagree on. And, <laughs> uh, and if this is your first time, welcome. And this is, uh, this is something that we've been doing for a little while here, wrapping up the old 2022 um in uh, our great year of of our podcast and we've been having a, a good time but anyways brandini how, how are you doing today i'm doing good i'm excited to talk about this movie because yeah oh man already you brought up something interesting i want to get into about yeah nicholas cage at the helm of this movie is such a weird concept now yeah. to think when you about. think about it now kind of yeah yeah absolutely because he he's had like, such not- a career such a career and yeah i guess i don't know yeah i feel like you have to take a little bit of a chance on his bankability amongst family audiences because mm-hmm. i think he has succeeded in a couple ways that got him to this point but mm-hmm. i mean god his 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 filmography is like littered with like really hardcore movies that are definitely not okay for children <laughs> and so you know you would think that maybe you know some of those things would take him out of the running you know from ever being in a disney movie but no i mean I think that just also goes to show you the Jerry Bruckheimer of it all, because that guy is an absolute maniac, huge coke right. fiend, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, seems like a giant monster man. And I think big monster uh, man, you would know, because <laughs> I'm one <laughs> from one to another, <laughs> from one to another. And uh, this is, I mean, this right? is after Pirates, right? Pi- the first Pirates had come out, right? Right? Sometime, yeah, sometime right. Because yeah. I think, yeah, because I think we're like 2001, 2002 is mm-hmm. pir- the first Pirates. I mean, mind you, let's also talk about Jerry Bruckheimer's an EP on this. Um, and yeah, like. Oh, Bruckheimer's all over this. But Bruckheimer's all this over this. This is dripping yeah. with Bruckheimer. Because it, it is dripping with Bruckheimer. And then it, it also, too, the way that looking at how, like, who's, how this movie came together is just such a 
like Bruckheimer thing as well, where it's just a bunch of hired guns put together to accomplish like this is such a corporate project, yeah. you know, of a movie, a big spectacle. This, you know, it, it, yeah, I think we could start to argue artistic like importance here, but I think it'd be <laughs> uh, an episode in futility because it is it is just a big budget popcorn well yeah when you think when you think about what else is going yeah so we talked about pirates and then what else is going on like the kind of dan brown sort of a, mm-hmm. of it all that's kind of i, th- I think that's really at the kind of the crux of this is of so it's too. like a combo dan brown meets like indiana jones sort of sort of thing Nailed but it. like uh with way more nationalism <laughs> <laughs> from the main, from the main character or patriotism whatever <laughs> patriotism um and and that i don't know is a pretty fun mixture but also it's yeah. like interesting to see how innocent it handles cons- conspiracy theories and everything and how it's just uh-huh. i don't know it just looks at them as like as fun but then just kind of like this mystery of of it all and then like oh what if this thing was true this treasure but like then you i don't know i was just thinking the whole time like how nefarious like conspiracy theories are in in politics Mm. today not to get too too into it and all that stuff but it's just like that stuff is kind of scary now to me uh how serious some some people take it and uh, you know at the at the same time he's talking about all this treasure in his family how far it goes back and how cool that is it's just like at the same time you could picture like (laughs) him and john voy in like the the attic like looking up Q conspiracy theory. Yeah, so I was like, gonna say this is like JFK Jr.'s like coming back, man. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, because no, great. But point. this is yeah, all in good I, fun. It's just like thing. I don't definitely. know the the sensibility of it all. I guess kind of changes it a bit. No, totally. I'm glad you brought up John Voight too, because yeah, I've, I, obviously, I think he leans on the side of like probably. Oh yeah, that's Q, right. Yeah, QAnon is you know probably is on that side of things, and um yeah funny that he's in there in this and it just goes to show you just to leave that point is like we've always yeah conspiracy theories especially when you're the background of it is american history is something that has always been interesting to uh adult audiences you know i think yeah i'm curious how much this translated over to kids but i think it did well because of the fact that that there's just a lot of like cool action heist stuff in here that can really, yeah, I don't know. You can sing your teeth into. And mm-hmm. I, you know what? Now thinking about it too is like, I, I think the age that kids like that this is perfect for probably in school learning, have an American history class of sure. some kind or learning about, yeah, all of these people mentioned in this movie. So it, it I feel like I was one of those that felt like this was really fun. Be like, oh, I know, you know. Yeah, we took a Washington D.C. trip together sometime mm-hmm. around this time, going into high school, you know, sure. in, in eighth grade when we were in eighth grade together. So, you know, there was some, some of these little, uh, little parts within this movie that we were actually at. But it's interesting. I never sat down and watched this movie from beginning to end until just recent, like just for this podcast, but I'd mm. seen a lot of it. Like, I don't know. It was one of those movies that was on like whatever TNT or something throughout the day. Yeah, sure. And you know, I would just throw on bits and pieces of it. And I feel like I'd seen that part of them actually stealing the declaration of independence, like on TV or, and then the commercial would come and yeah, let's see what else is on. Um, mm. But this was like, successful in my mind this movie was successful and like i didn't i never never bothered to check out reviews or what people thought of it there's something about the nicholas cage to like nicholas the nickel the that's how i refer the nicholas cage (laughs) 
our Lord and Savior, uh, Nicolas Cage. Uh. And uh, like who he was at the time, I think some people kind of looked at him as a little cheesy or just kind of like, what's he like, what's his deal in this movie? Like, but then I don't know. He's, he sold it and he, and he's, he's awesome. But uh, also I'm thinking about his also to go back to his career. I think, yeah. What, what, what else was that what was going on around this time for Not, him? I think, I think this, there was like some, yeah. well, there was some other family, like the sorcerer's apprentice. Is that sometime around this or something like that? Or uh, I think that's afterwards. That's I later. mean, the, that's 2010. Yeah. yeah. That's much later. Um, uh, but there was uh, the fam- family man. When was that? That was, He's kind of the, doing yeah. like sometimes mm. a little bit more of these like, oh, Games adaptation before. was 2002, Matchstick Men 2003, then National Treasure. Wow. So, I mean, he's just all over the place. He can, he can do it all. He's the best and, uh, uh, and we worship him, but it's just such a fascinating, fascinating career uh, to think about because I think this, if this is the closest thing he ever got to being like a household family name, um, Ghost Rider 2007 and, uh, book of secrets 2007 um and then he starts getting and then bad lieutenant 2009 and kick-ass 2010 he starts to get into his uh kind of just anything goes i I mean but it's anyways i'm 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 just going through the the list there but uh them yeah i'm them coming together bruckheimer him for for this i guess it it just does make a lot of sense disney looks at that and um Mm. what, what he did with pirates and then uh was Bruckheimer on the rock? Is that how he, is that their yeah. Nicholas Cage connection? I um, believe so. Right. I think so. Yeah, I don't know. Is that just a Michael Bay thing? This is, this is me just uh, rambling about, about anything. Hey, it's, it's early in the morning. We're, this is, we're working it out. Like, yeah. People are getting <laughs> some really quality, you know, this is how we, this is usually how we start our days, you know, just, <laughs> you know, riffing on, on movies and uh, yeah, no, just, yeah. Cause I think what you, what's happening here is, you're starting to just really like think retrospectively about Nicolas Cage's career. And it's just such a fascinating. Well, I was trying to find like a, yeah, like a theme. There's all the theme. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, there really isn't much of one. He kind of just, he goes, goes all over, man. Yeah. I would say that, you know, he was a leading man in movies. So that allows him to be a leading man in this. Um, I will like, honestly, it's kind of inspired casting because as a person whose whole life is supposed to be obsessing over secrets, mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage is pretty good at doing that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like you, you get a sense that he doesn't really have a life or all of his past relationships have been like a uh, sideline based off these kind of like how jo- John Voight describes it as like kooky, misleading, mm-hmm. pointless uh ventures that he goes on and that's so, fair yeah kind of like outside of society a little bit mm-hmm. like and kind of thinking differently about about things and kind of yeah being a different way of thinking but being very smart in in his own way but then also yeah i guess action action movie star he's still at least in in that realm he was he's yeah le- leading a lot of action movies i mean face off con air yeah the rock all, all these kind of like sure Bruckheimer's being like the straight yeah yeah, straight man and in those yeah Bruckheimer's um and what kind of ethos those action stars take is is interesting when they're channeled through somebody like like a cage um Mm -hmm. a a Benjamin Franklin what's his last name but his Benjamin Franklin Gates yes he's from the from the Mm. Gates Gates family that that blew my mind (laughs) when Christopher Plummer's Benjamin Franklin Gates I was like what (laughs) Crazy, and then right? John Voight's is 
Patrick Gates. I wonder if his like middle name is Henry <laughs> <laughs> or something. Yeah, right. They're all named. Yeah. Oh my God. That'd be so. Yeah, Justin Bartha, Riley Poole, Diane Kruger's Abigail Chase. I was just going through some of these names. Of yeah, like, I don't so know, just, action action movie names of of uh, are kind of fun. Sean Bean, Ian Howe. I always like to think of Sean Bean's name as Scene Bean. <laughs> Wouldn't Hello. that be fun? Scene Bean. <laughs> yeah, Harvey Keitel. His name is just Sadesky. They're just one mm-hmm. one name. Um, yeah, and yeah, then, like Seal. What's that? Yeah, yeah. He took yeah, the, like, he took the prince. <laughs> it's a symbol. <laughs> it's just a Sadesky <laughs> symbol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, inspired casting. I feel like Sean Bean is like such a similar role to his double, is it double Oh six or eight? It's double six, yeah, right? Double six. And, uh, yeah. Goldeneye, the beginning of this movie plays out so much like Goldeneye, mm-hmm. um, to get into like the beginning of it all. I mean, or you want to, we can talk about the Christopher Plummer cold open is if you have anything to say about that. No, no, not really. Aside from it, just is a lot of flashbacks setting up, you know, filling the uh, head of young Nicolas Cage with fantasies about, um, you know, where his family comes from, the importance of history, and just uh, starts to color in like, uh, our family has been pursuing secrets uh, Mm. for eons. And like, for you to continue to do that is like, your duty to this family. And Mm. then you just briefly present the rift that's been happening with John Boy, where obviously he has, it seems like he is, you know, um, yeah, he, he's very bitter about how his father has in his mind brainwashed him, um, which must be really funny because I'm sure that's how, uh, yeah, I'm sure he, he's done some brainwashing himself to his kids. And so there's probably something <laughs> that he's pulling from where he's like, you know, can understand how a kid could be bitter and w- what way to act in order to get, you know, to convey that. But uh, wow. yeah, I mean, Christopher P- Plummer, awesome. I, I all that's all. I, I mean, all I have for that is, I, you know, big fan of him. Oh yeah, he's got a great, great voice, great presence on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and him that. telling that story added such an effect and weight and importance to thinking that this is a real thing not some just kook being like yes let me tell you the story of a treasure <laughs> you know and it's sure, like yeah. you know, it's like no there's so much gravitas and like oh no this this is serious like this this is this is for real even if mm-hmm. you know john void is, is being like cynical about it or whatever um mm-hmm. but he's i don't know he's interesting too because you can his character uh kind of you can tell like he keeps tabs on everything but he's just kind of like bitter about it all but he also is kind of sure. like still curious but he's and then he's and later on he's always just like interjecting with like well actually this is what you should be doing oh have you done this yet and then he's then they, they do what he says or whatever and he's just like yeah but it's just one more clue fuck you yeah <laughs> right but uh oh so funny yeah so yeah you're right absolutely um yeah that's yeah. i like the story i like the i like the flashbacks all the period piece uh stuff of like them able to visualize that i think adds a lot and is yeah it looks really good looks Mm -hmm. expensive like there's a lot yeah all of those flashbacks man a lot of cg of like pyramids getting built uh um was it no it wasn't paul revere it was whoever the guy was god i can't remember who has yeah it was like about it was like a hundred years later or something right yeah it was it was and then gates was was he driving or something or Gates was just, like it was like a, their great grandfather. Yeah. And I think the great grandfather gave the note to, or no, no great, great grandfather gave the note to John Voigt's 
great grand or no Chris. So, they were uh, trying anyway. to get to Andrew yeah. Andrew Jackson and he was out. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Seal on no. territory for Native Americans or some <laughs> shit. Yeah. You know. Uh but the guy, one of the original signers of the, like the last living mm. signer of the, of the declaration of the independence declaration. is yes. trying to relay a message of the treasure. Uh, and is like, go, uh, the, the name of Charlotte or whatever, the secret lies yeah. of Charlotte. Mm. And then Andrew Jackson like tells the, the gates guy who's the, the driver to, uh, yeah, relay the message. But that, that message has been passed down. Uh, through generations and it's kind of cool to have like a family of treasure hunters <laughs> yeah like, like instilling yeah. that at the beginning is cool and then having as much conviction as uh nicholas cage's character benjamin has over the treasure it does make a lot more sense when it's like yeah it's been instilled at such a young age and it's been um passed down from you know the history is recent enough like a couple hundred years ago where it's like hey maybe it's not so crazy hey maybe some of these things still exist hey you know like that it's it's like the whole culminated treasure of the world history of of all these events and everything which is pretty fucking crazy but it is like mm -hmm. kind of a, a cool fun more innocent way to look at like the yeah like illuminati or some shit like that knights mm -hmm. knights templar and all that but you know showing the Showing the Knights Templar, you even see some some of that shit, um, which is yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. And then to the, the whole idea is presented in in your head, uh, Da Vinci Code a little bit style, um, and you're uh, then what do we jump into the they're they're going to the Antarctic te technically or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Arctic um, Circle filmed mm -hmm. in Park City, Utah. I watched a little behind the scenes. So any oh no shit oh, oh interesting yeah <laughs> whatever um, it's foilless yeah. Yeah, it was I, not I would, there. Yeah, <laughs> could you imagine? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, uh, that second, he was like, "I don't fucking care. Get us I out get there! Get the money, go get it!" Uh, um, and they see, yeah. A, yeah, they see a ship, and maybe it's an old Pirates of the Caribbean ship they don't need anymore, or something like that. But uh, you get the Sean Bean, uh, you know, betrayal, which is yes. so so similar to Goldeneye. Absolutely, yeah, it's. I think it, it's almost like part of his brand, right? Mm -hmm. Sean yeah. Bean it, it just is the double crosser, is the guy who, yeah. Because I, I know that there's like that, that mega clip or super clip of him, <laughs> Sean Bean, dying. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he does get double cross, or like he's the double crosser and he gets his comeuppance. And that's how a lot mm -hmm. of those deaths happen. So, I mean, yeah, again, that perfect casting. You got a great looking Sean Bean, too. He's got that. He's yeah. got that flowing blonde hair, mm -hmm. just looking, you know, it has, yeah, just has such an air about him where he plays that role, that archetype or that character, whatever, like so well yeah. of, you know, being concerned about everybody around them to his own, like, to his own benefit. And, but yeah, it just, I don't know, it comes off in a way that can be really genuine. So, cause you just, he really has such a little amount of time to work with, you know, being a red, you know, trying to be the red herring to turn out to be the bad guy. And so, yeah, I think he just does well to like pump, you know, uh, Nicholas Cage up and be like, no, we're here. We're going to do this. Let's get this, you know, so on and so forth. And then, um, it's nice that it happens so quick, yeah. honestly, like that you just get, totally. you get presented with like, they've had a history and then, a and a and a little backstab in action, like right off the bat. So you kind of set up your, your villain right off the bat instead of like you, mm -hmm. them going, 
all the way out and kind of like having foreshadowing the whole way and then at the very last minute right when he's about to get the treasure like change his mind then it's like oh just this one clue at the beginning you can have that then and then uh have a series of clues throughout which i really like the 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 Touchy. chasing of of all the clues and everything uh which <laughs> also another i you know i mentioned um indiana jones and like dan brown stuff but something that came after this that i feel like even this does a bit better i mean there's plenty of indiana jones copies i feel like but uh something that we talked about on this podcast was uncharted um the the movie mm-hmm. version and everything and that was just indiana jones kind of rip off but i don't know yeah there's if i were to compare i guess just uh yeah would you and i let me i, I would take a nicholas cage naturally uh over a what do you what do you think uh was it tom holland is that is that his name as a yeah as an indiana yeah. jones figure i don't know it's like I you kind of it's nice when there is a little bit of age and like experience to that that character I feel like mm, yeah I mean if anything you would put Nicolas Cage in the Mark Wahlberg spot oh then, why didn't they do that and I yeah and I think you would just have god that movie would have been so much better <laughs> so much more fun my casting yeah. was John Hamm but I think Nicolas Cage could make anything better for Sully yeah <laughs> sure oh my god yeah no, you're right. I mean, that does have an issue of him being the younger version, and there's so much like, yeah, I don't know, lack of confidence. You just have to see people fumble through stuff, and then when yeah, the plotting of Uncharted is kind of confusing, and then there's you're adding in a bunch of characters because like this stays pretty tight. Like we don't get a lot of you know we do get a lot of flourishes that Bruckheimer movies are good for is and you know kind of a la. Uh, steven spielberg where there are moments that henchman gets some gets some moments in this movie and it fills out a little bit of like you know people that work at the police and all that but it stays pretty tight to the core group of characters and i yeah like uncharted it wants to have like a introduce a lot of uh you know villains and different characters and yeah it just takes up the movie and this movie goes and there's I a betrayal I, in that one too that happens mm-hmm. like a little later <laughs> yeah antonio mm-hmm. barrett banderas gets off or whatever yeah but they're both kind yep. of like tame versions right. of Indiana Jones as well. They're they're very like censored, kind mm. of like not as I don't know. Like the grittiness of of something like Indiana Jones makes you more afraid of the risk and the danger of going to like an unknown place to uncover some secret or something like that. But this is more of like a cat and mouse. This has thing. it. I, this I would like argue a, that like a cat and mouse the, sort of. Sure, yeah. which makes the like length of the movie much more enjoyable. Because again, I'll, yeah, I totally agree with you that I'm glad that we have a um, a betrayal in the beginning because then the rest of the movie is is being chased, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. they're either ch- chasing Sean B. You always feel or like they're getting there's some, chased. Ur- there's some urgency, yeah. Real strong sense of urgency and allows this movie to really just fucking fly by. Totally. Yeah, this uh, overall man. Yeah, this this movie pacing wise i loved it it really mm-hmm. just cranks along Same. i mean yeah you could argue that no because i wouldn't like i guess i was just gonna think like do i want more like what diane kruger's deal is you know fill that out maybe or i mean like, her the way her character is written is like it's very bruckheimer and and very yeah. much like almost kind of yes <sighs> subservient to the main character which like this mm. is his shtick like i get it whatever but it just made me think of just like he's just constantly telling her to shut the fuck up the whole the whole movie. And then so much so that like 
he's like oh well it's your your problem or like the bad guys are like she's talking too much he's like yeah well that was yeah well, you know that's what that was my problem a little bit and that was your well, problem <laughs> right it's like it reminded the- me of the armageddon shit where like he oh named the, the meteor like after his his whore of a wife or some shit like yeah that. she's like right. <laughs> it's like fuck there's just so much like they're like underlying weird sort of hatred <laughs> and annoyance yeah. with her and then <laughs> and then kind of just like uh and then sexualized at first and then annoyed immediately when she's kind of with them and it's yeah but uh to your point as far as like do i want to know anything more about her it's like it is an action movie it can be surface level but in those scenes yeah. i think it is not written you know like the best but it's it's an action movie and it's it's it is it is what it is you're not really coming here uh for a lot of that (laughs) so when the few moments that there are here and they're not the best you can kind of move on and and still enjoy yourself yeah even some of like the less lesser uh comic comic uh relief you know even when that Mm -hmm. doesn't hit it's like okay kind of we can move on with the action and just the the pace of, like you were saying is really great. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's a, a rather small nitpick, but, mm-hmm. and all, and really just hearing you explain your opinion on her character and Bruckheimer in general is that instead of more scenes or more depth, they could have just better utilized the scenes that they had. And I think we would have gotten that maybe that's what I now realizing that's what I wanted because yeah, totally exactly want more slow time with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to understand like Diane Kruger's motivations more thoroughly, you know what? Maybe not, especially because this movie does so well to just like drop you in. Okay. Christopher Plummer. Let me tell you all of these things happen over a millennia. Okay. Then we're like right yeah. into like, we're, we're getting the, tr- we're getting the, we're at Charlotte. We're doing this whole thing. And then, but I wanted to mention, like, I think this does have a level of prettiness that I feel like is really fascinating uh-huh. because Disney always has to like walk this really fine line because mm-hmm. they obviously want to make movies that like aren't just solely kids movies. Mm-hmm. So you, so there's always these flourishes of like, you know, your uh, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, for example, even though it seemed like when we were, uh, re- when we were doing that and researching it, that the Disney executives really were having a hard time with like the drinking, the uh, allusion to like the alluding to sex with whores and things like that, that they were like really freaked out about. But I will say, and I think, yeah, Disney does want to make some of these more adult movies because yeah, they just obviously want to make movies that a bunch of people will watch and they can make as much money as possible. Like, dad and, yeah, movie. This, like this one in like dad and, and movie, pirates right? is yeah. kind of just like, yeah, oh. like a dad making movie for, uh, mm. I, 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 and I think that he, totally. he does ride that line really well. And I think, yeah, you do make a good point when you look at like the, the scope of Disney, like these ones veer closer to like being successful on on that side especially pirate the first pirates you know uh the the things that they were able to instill in that that were already included in the ride and i think maybe that gave them extra license and the fact you're dealing with fucking pirates i mean and with Mm -hmm. this like yeah it's like they're they're treasure hunters there's there's going to be some uh unsavory characters and everything but you know something that i always look forward to in these kind of movies is when you find out like whatever it, it is that is real or whatever sort of traps that are kept there to keep someone out uh, and what happens to the people when they spring those traps is usually pretty uh, gruesome, totally. like an Indiana Jones movie. And what happens in this one is more so like someone falling down in, in a void of a pit. And that just happens in every Disney movie. Every bad guy, you know, is there's so many that speaking of, you know, montages of deaths or something, you could find all the montages of how many villains have 
died just from falling off of a cliff into a void. So you don't have to see or or worry about anything. Well, now that I mentioned, now I'm thinking of, do you, this is such a fucking side Mm. note, but do you remember uh, Tarzan? That one, he like gets all tangled up in all like the vines Mm. and then falls. But then you see, you hear like a, him like fall, but then like you hear like all the vines, like kind of like tighten Mm. and then hang him. And then you see a lightning strike and then you see a shadow of his body hanging in the vines which that was yeah that one's like the more gritty where like they they like he fell but then there's like that extra stinger which i think that's perfect kind of disney fied sort of version of a of a gruesome thing um mm, anyways interesting anyways that, I, 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 it's not the biggest criticism of this one it just compare i always got to compare it to indie <laughs> Mm, that's interesting though bringing that up because i feel like the tarzan movie was one of their least successful and marked mm-hmm. the end of that era and i and it just is curious to me that maybe a lot of it had to do with parents not wanting them to go take you know not only did it not connect with kids or maybe scared them too much but parents just didn't want to take their kids or ended up buying they didn't want to go listen to phil collins I mean, Phil Collins, they definitely wanted to go listen to. That was like, if anything, you remember that movie coming God, out? The music I, I don't is know so about good you, in that movie. The music was like the big selling point. Like yeah. You got to go see Tarzan because of the music. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, rather rather than the other stuff. But yeah, it's just, yeah, Disney as a company is so interesting because they're in the media business. And yeah, like they have, they're always looking for a four quadrant hit and yeah, there's just the, the it all is on a sliding scale, and this one, yeah, is more so. I think you, yeah, totally. Dad, it's a dad movie. Dads are taking mm-hmm. their, you know, uh, taking their eleven to thirteen year old kids, I guess, to go see. It's about history. Maybe, it's about maybe, maybe a you know, loving America post nine uh, eleven and everything. You know, I mm-hmm. I think that kind of made made sense to me too. Just like the the love for and, and pa- patriotism and everything that was attributed to this great nation of ours and his uh and and that sort of stuff i i think was interesting to look in that in that scope of uh post 9/11 also yeah. i was i was thinking about the Diane Kruger thing too about i'm just my mind's jumping all over the place this morning but uh when they were cuz i was thinking about the relationship in the in the few scenes they did have together where there was like uh some some flirting and whatnot and the way their foreplay was was them being like and then that was from 1862 when that was in the Tower of, of yes, of Independence. And then the ship came from there. And then, yeah, oh, yeah. And then they were like finishing each other's clues. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my God, they're going to come. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Justin Martha has something to say, right? Yeah. And, of course. And, he, and always does. Yeah. he does. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> He God, his character was so annoying to me. <laughs> Super just, annoying. I had this yeah. uh, missed misrecollection of this movie perhaps like my own personal mandela effect where i thought uh this role was played and i thought would be better if it was this person was a steve zahn oh my god that would have been so much much better with better with a zahn instead of a barth yeah absolutely oh i'm just maybe i'm thinking of like sahara or something you are you're definitely thinking sahara where they Mm -hmm. are treasure hunters there's a historical element to i love zon as like a wise crack in number two i I love it because there's something about so schmarmy about bartha where like he almost looks like he just doesn't even want to fucking be there like he and it's like with zon he's like he's like committed and he's like 
involved. And when he has something to complain about or he's unsure about something, he's like looking, he's just looking out for a safety or he's just like, we got to make this happen. It looks like he still wants, Sans still wants to be there and make something happen, but he's just concerned <laughs> about whatever, however we're going to do it. But Bartha's just kind of like, who fucking cares anymore? I know, <laughs> like, which the kids love. Yeah. Because you were talking, I don't know. And they love like Urban before, Outfitters. Yeah, before the record, right? Of how, in what was it? It was screen tests that they yes. wanted more Bartha? Yeah. Yeah, people, the, they didn't, the original script didn't have as much Bartha, but once they did some screen testing, mm. more Bartha is what those people said. Give us more Bartha. I, yeah, I could only imagine that those people were on the streets. 13 year old boys. Just represented their like their dad of just kind of like telling them oh. what to do. And just like, yeah, yeah. Can I just like eat pizza and talk shit? <laughs> God, he has such a classic dad look in this movie. Nicholas does where it's a, uh-huh. uh, the blazer, the, the blazer look with the jeans. Yeah, the blazer <laughs> with the jeans. Oh, my goodness. A, a, like a white button down, a blazer and, a, and jeans on just in a brown belt and just yeah yeah i mean you know you look the low uh button count or like once you drop those buttons pretty low and you're starting to get into michael bay territory there uh-huh. but uh that just seems like a bruckheimer sort of look or something like where his whole just, closet is just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got a, a giant mound of cocaine wakes up every morning just, there's a huge amount of cocaine and then he doesn't have to think about his, his clothes he just puts on the same outfit it's just a white button down jeans and a i'm like any other man out the door. I, I put my jeans on one one leg at a time but then i put a blazer on it uh, and a white shirt because i want to be somewhat uh <laughs> somewhat classy <laughs> i want yeah then casual want as well so people know that i fuck <laughs> right dad looks are crack me the fuck up and it's just like the idea of like non like non-hipster non almost ironically seeing a dad with a tucked in t-shirt i'm like what's the objective here right <laughs> in my mind i'm like what are you what's going on like do you think that by tucking in the t-shirt, you're like, it allows you a like higher level of entrance in certain <laughs> areas? Like, do that you go like, oh, you know, oh, now that my t-shirt <laughs> is tucked in, I could go to a white cloth dinner table. Like, you're not, <laughs> I don't get like, oh, they won't allow me in the store. Or people <laughs> will be like, oh my God, look at this schlub. His t-shirt isn't tucked in. It just is the weirdest thing. It's just, yeah, it's not, it's so, it's such yeah, a combination of that, like not giving a fuck, but then like also kind of caring. Cause like, you Karen yeah. what like you're pre- presenting for who like you do you do that and you look in the mirror like damn I look fucking awesome for me and no one else I'm doing this for me or is it right. like yeah like mm, ladies are gonna like this <laughs> or like I don't know or I guess if you're dead totally. or, or you just or you're just asexual at that point and and you're just uh like I just yeah this is just how I want to look and 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 utility i mean what is the utility i guess is my question too and to your point as well it's like what is the point beyond look is there some sort of utility factor perhaps is there is there a tool belt that you need no perhaps a holster i would just argue that there's zero utility because you're yeah so you don't care enough that you are just wearing what you want to wear in a sense of like you're wearing a shirt that has like i don't know a bar on it <laughs> that you like or you know some like yeah uh, i don't know or some like um, harley davidson i don't know mm-hmm. and yeah then you like then you're tucking it in i don't yeah it just m- makes me think that you think that that's more mature 
and that's a bit like yeah and that's tucking anything into jeans kind of feels weird in general general kind of right unless you're unless you're just going for yeah the more quote-unquote hipster kind of kind of look to it or or, but like we're talking more like dad dad Mm. style but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I know there's, was it a queer? I presented the, uh, what is it? The French tuck. Is that what they called it? Where it's just yeah. the, the tuck mm-hmm. in front. And then they mm-hmm. said that that makes, you know, you look a little more, uh, you know, like less like, like skinnier makes, makes, it makes your belly kind of go away a little bit. Is, at least that's what the, that's what they said, but it also looks kind of, it, it looks kind of silly too. Cause it's just a front tuck, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. a front tuck. It allows you to highlight your belt. So it okay, allows right. you to, get a better sense of like if you're using a working with a belt that's got color so you can better see that pop of color breaks up the outfit a little bit more because like really that belt is like a, a line between like you know, totally this part of the outfit maybe that yeah maybe line. that's what so just like that's adds the utility a couple, right? like texture too because you're also like breaking up something where like it would just be a flat thing going down to then flat again mm-hmm. and you're just adding some more texture livening up your outfit so there's a lot of benefits to a mm-hmm. french duck but i'm like and the belly thing's interesting because yeah they mentioned that like oh this will like you know this will make you uh, make you appear a little slimmer because of like what it's doing visually but then i again i just think of like the dads that i've seen that are tucking in their t-shirts and it accentuates it it makes it even doesn't it though doesn't it 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 makes it even worse because then what you're doing is you're bringing the fabric Uh close to your stomach and and then it's just like a waist then it's like then the shirt becomes like a balloon around your stomach <laughs> because it's like being held in by your belt and i'm like this yeah and again it just like me it, none of if there are any older gentlemen out there please don't ever do this like just if you're gonna wear jeans and a t-shirt just wear fucking jeans and a t-shirt yeah. if you think that you you're not to gonna go, look like a hooligan it's okay you're not going to look like a hooligan. And if you think that, you, hoodlum, so. you know, later in the day, you're going to need to go into a restaurant that you want to look better in, then just about like make that decision before you walk out the door then, like, or right. Just don't think that you can co-opt a printed t-shirt and then just tuck it in. And that, that bridges the gap between like, I'm, out here having fun and then i can also be inside in in a more professional ass setting like it just doesn't work <laughs> yeah find the right right size shirt that you're able yeah if it's too long just get a get a shorter shirt somehow i, I don't know yeah go to right. big and tall go to brandini's yeah. big and tall <laughs> yeah there you go come on down <laughs> come on down to brandini and the forever gas big and tall <laughs> hell yeah wow okay but Back to the movie, or no, yeah. or uh, or middle aged and still cool. Yes, aging in, in the cool way. <laughs> I like if you have a way of uh, tucking in, or you have a utility uh, method for your uh, tucked in shirts or a reason why please uh reach out to us at polarizepod at gmail.com um moving on to the the movie i mean we can talk about the stealing of the declaration of independence i i guess like he gets gets the clue from the boat big explosion um they like had seven cameras on that explosion because they only had one chance to do it because it was a big one Mm -hmm. uh and then the the chase is on sean bean is going to go steal it he, they go to warn people uh, that it's going to happen. They all think they're cuckoo bananas. So what do they do, Brandon? They steal it themselves. They got to fucking steal it themselves, baby. Yeah. Uh, much to Bartha's chagrin. But then it's funny how he's like, it's fucking impossible. And Cage is like, well, 
there's a gala this weekend. <laughs> and I know Martha's just like, lays it all out. And then he's oh like, my Oh my God, this is totally doable. <laughs> Within like five seconds of being like, there will be less security because the gala. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, let's do it. Genius. And then oh ha- God, hacks in, like he hacks into the, the whole place. That's kind of fun seeing the hacking in and, uh, you know, the te- yeah. the, the, how they portray tech of the time and, and everything. So silly. I, yeah. yeah, I always make a note of this, always clock it because it's just as people that of our generation that have grown up on uh, predominantly on computers and the internet. And then it's, a, you know, more prevalent is the, I like conceptualizing UIs or like mm-hmm. what the UI are for programs that are used in, in movies is hilarious to me because they're like, oh, they're working on a computer and that's, yeah, that's the UI is just the interface that all companies design in order to make it easy to use their programs. And like the UI for the security system that they have just has so much like shit going on in it, like labels things and like has these like jumbo boxes and borders. Yeah. And it just is so clunky, silly, like, and also no one would ever like label cameras that way or feature mm-hmm. anything. Like if you see the way that just even browsers have evolved, it's like, it's such a thin line and it's just like the bigger, the window of the content, the better. Mm-hmm. And to just think that it's like, you know, uh, it'll be a square, but then it'll have like this giant, like kind of circular, like, uh, yeah, a map painted uh, border around it and it'll almost look like a file on it. It's just is so crazy. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> but I love yeah, it. I love super blocking. I mean, yeah, but that's, and then also the editing. It's not, it's not like my favorite thing is just how they, they like show something mm-hmm. and then it's speed ramp. And then like, yeah. then, narration over it and like the there's the oceans oceans 11 and the soderbergh sort of editing in his film style does so well with it i mean clooney's got such a cool voice too so all that Mm. stuff and how how that's done is really cool and it's always a part of like a lot of heist movies of like okay here's the objective we got to do this and this and this so along the way you don't have to stop and make you know any sort of explanations unless something goes wrong Mm. and and then you can be like oh we got to do this different now um but usually yeah i like these scenes a lot uh and I guess, I don't know, a little bit of the behind behind the scenes, they mentioned that like they had this written and plans for how to film it and everything. Then security like amped up a lot, like after 9-11. So they were, um, you know, having a lot of consultants as far as like real how they actually uh, keep it under lock and key and everything like that. So they they did a lot of, uh, I guess, I don't know how how accurate it is, but they actually at least mentioned the behind the scenes that like there was some research done as to how these things are actually kept and then even so far as they said they hired a guy to figure out how he would like break into uh and Mm, and get the national or like get the declaration of of independence and um is so those ideas were coming from some sort of real world knowledge i'm sure they they hype it up a lot on a behind the scenes sort of thing uh but that is uh a cool way to break it down you know, he he goes and and walks around and looks at it and has a has a very motivational speech of like the most important. You know what the most important line is in the declaration, and then he does this whole speech and it's music yeah. swelling and playing and stuff as he's as he's delivering it. And there's mm-hmm. just yeah, there's such a uh, such I don't know, such it's it's like Nicolas Cage. Like you can tell how much he's enjoying uh, delivering those lines, how much they enjoyed writing it. Um, before you get into the yeah the one of the funner scenes of the movie of of him actually stealing it and going and sneaking into a party taking off you know the his his uh janitor outfit or like man Mm -hmm. you know like in the 
getting into his tux and you know that's all all this is james bond kind of shit and him kind of schmoozing uh, diane kruger a bit and and sneaking like all this stuff is i think some of the fun funner parts of the movie um and then then figuring out the password here's all the options and then he's like oh she she hit this one letter twice I was like, yeah. I, uh, okay. That, that <laughs> option list was insane. Cause like, <laughs> as an, as just like, it was, it, what was so funny to me is like, you would just in that situation, you wouldn't eliminate all of those options because they're non like nonsense. Like they have <laughs> no relevance into the situation, but it was so great to just see all of these like, um, yeah. Anagrams, I guess of, of what the code could be. And they're all just like stupid, you know, um, blue burr uh, not blue like even crazier than that i know? forget yeah they were like complete like, nonsense mm-hmm. and uh yeah no i mean i have so little notes on this me too no just, you're just you're just on for the ride man i'm i'm along for the ride i i'm glad you brought up like the because i thought it was like a really more technical part of the heist of you know he has to talk to diane kruger get her Mm -hmm. fingerprints does that you know totally he had already sent her the pin that gave her that like right that had the the liquid uh, liquid on it so that she was already prepped to like leave the fingerprint and then he gets it like all of that stuff was fucking awesome mm-hmm. um and then it just like it's moving really quickly nicholas cage doesn't seem like he's just lumbering through he seems pretty like you know surgical about he needs to go here there's a little bit of like fraying at the edges that adds some drama to it that just makes the overall thing exciting and yeah and then you're down there uh and then you get a shootout too i mm-hmm. mean it's so cool that he uses the declaration i love it's that like bulletproof glass to like yeah block the bullets and whatnot so cool. and um you know there's that yeah like the way that it was shot too is like the camera like kind of like rotates uh 180 and then mm-hmm. like go, then you're down the hallway where sean bean's coming in and crew and um, you also get the, the, like the yeah. the different uh ways of doing things between the two of them constantly throughout mm-hmm. the movie like once they they split up and then he's just like well how are we going to do this alone because okay. like Nicholas Cage is like, well, I'm the smart one. Like, I know how to, you know, solve all the clues and everything. And then you see like the blunt force that Sean Bean kind of brings to it of just kind of like break in with a bunch of dudes and and just uh, come in the other way while Nicholas Cage is being so suave and delicate about the whole plan and everything because he doesn't have as many mm-hmm. people and he's just, yeah, being very smart about it. Um, yeah, and then he, uh, I was just thinking, my one of my notes I was looking at too is that the ship he uses like the his blood around the outside of the pipe to write to write the thing i thought so quickly too yeah (laughs) i know (laughs) it was like yeah i mean after like because you don't have any like ink on you so that that makes sense um but moving on so yeah they they uh they do it they they steal it they got to take diane kruger too because she's about to rat just him out yeah it just goes like yeah yeah and they and they can't go back home he got the he left the he got a trail from the credit card that he used to buy the fake uh declaration of independence as uh as a fake or whatever to elude um uh aaron eckhart and they go to uh shelter at uh john void aaron eckhart's in void Aaron Eckhart? I don't know why I just said Aaron Eckhart. Sean Bean. <laughs> Dude, I am out of oh. it today. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No. I was like, where, where was I don't he? Know why I mistook Sean Bean for Aaron Eckhart after you've been talking about him so much. <laughs> it's okay. Um, um yeah, they go to John. Similar. They go to uh, John Voigt's. I feel like they play almost similar roles too, but anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. try to make, we don't, make some bullshit excuse. 
Yeah, we, we they're like kind of like they have that sort of look where they're like mm-hmm. kind of they they could they could be nice and, and they're tall dudes too. They're, they're like there's, there's something off there because they could be corrupt as well almost. Mm. Man, it just thinking about it the this heist really propels the momentum of this movie it, like and adds so much gas all the way through um, to the end because really mm-hmm. once the declaration obviously is stolen there's a huge police and we get uh, harvey Keitel in the mix mm-hmm. who's just being such a son of a bitch i love it um, great cast, you know, casting for him too i got really yeah. excited seeing him show up yeah he i love too that he has a he has a smartness about it. He just, I don't know. There's like, he's it, very it's aloof. Great. Yeah. yeah I, I, he just, he's just confident about it. He's like, yeah, we're going to get it. Uh, and when he, yeah. Off. When he calls people on their shit, it's like, it's kind of like a Tommy Lee Jones almost, but it's like, it's like almost like yeah, he's more amused. Right. Tommy Lee Jones is such a hard ass and like fugitive and shit, but like, uh, Kytel is almost kind of amused at how incompetent some people are. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we got some tip le- leads and tips about uh, someone stealing Declaration of Independence, but no one took it seriously. He's like, take it seriously now. <laughs> He's yeah, yeah. Uh, Sadusky, just the one one name dude, and he. Uh, yeah, he's on the case, and then I like the um, way they treat the Declaration of Independence and how. This is, I think, Diane Kruger's like biggest opportunity to to like I don't know have a contribution to the movie and and why she's there because she's like I'm gonna do this fucking like if you're gonna I like I really don't want you to do this but if anyone's gonna do it then I should be the one that's gonna do it and so she she does the lemon juice um and they start mm-hmm. uncovering secret secret messages and the whole like keeping it away from John Voight finding out that it's the I, th- I thought that was you know that's just good humor of like how old is that two hundred years old are you sure pretty sure (laughs) pretty sure and he's like cleaning up after his like solo pizza party he was having (laughs) i know that was (laughs) it was like a friday night right and he's just got Uh like yeah there's some pizza there if you want having pizza (laughs) i was like you know what cool yeah i'm glad someone wasn't a throwaway i knew that (laughs) john voight's just like me oh i don't know (laughs) i mean after a big heist like yeah you gotta be hungry yeah right you mean if oh, I were to I if I were to show up at your place with Declaration of Independence, you you would have might have some pizza there waiting for me too. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We'll we'll treat the we'll figure out the Declaration of Independence after a little pizza. Okay, we'll just w- wait a second. We're all hungry. Um, mm. Yeah, and then they they find another clue, just another clue. He you know, and then they're they're on the move again. And this is uh this is kind of just like the the pacing and and the structure the rest of the movie of the movie <laughs> yeah, pretty the much like yeah, uh like the, the next big time. big thing for me I, I think would be actually like going uh down the tomb uh in the mm-hmm. in the church or whatever I think was like one of the bigger bigger parts of like yeah here's here's what I'm I'm waiting for to like get into some some uh tomb raid and some some tomb crawling especially in like I love when it's like in kind of an innocuous place almost. I mean, there's like history to that church and all that. Um, mm. There was a ch- it's like, like an, Trinity Wall Street or something. Yeah, between Wall it's and like, uh, here at the here at the Wall and here there's here was like a one name of the other street before it it changed mm-hmm. Um, mm. to Broadway or the fuck I don't know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not yeah. from New I don't know. I'm from LA. What can I say? Um, and they they crawl through the scary tomb after you know the uh, uh, uh one shitty Bartha line after another. Like who's gonna crawl through the scary tomb first? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and going down down the rickety spiral like that ah, all that was that like really cool. there's something about a Bruckheimer Stand set there too. that yeah. it just seems so fun to watch so and cool. then also just like see stunt work done on it like his his stunts are are pretty legendary and when the set itself is not uh, it's pretty it's more static in a, in a way i uh, maybe not mm. static is just like it's not like a chase scene necessarily where there's a lot of opportunities to do a lot of crazy shit it's just like no they're just trying to crawl down this like old rickety uh yeah. staircase and an elevator and um yeah i like i like this part and then like the whole uh, i love this part like I, I uh, like giving him the fake clue i thought that was great too so great yeah i mean god that whole room is just covered in cobwebs it just seems so real like uh all the you know the concern about falling the boards the termites the rot the chandelier mm-hmm. too was just insane there's all these like pulley uh uh elevator like dummy waiter things yeah all of it is just really fucking awesome um and then we're just we're at the end here where the tensions are also at its highest amongst the characters where john boyd is really like at his most concern and his most almost on board and he's a hostage at this point yeah yeah he's a hostage and yeah everybody there um yeah it's just doing a bunch of like uh, work with potentially falling things breaking trying to catch each other Mm -hmm. throw each other all of that is being done and it just makes for such a thrilling uh conclusion to this because yeah i don't know we're in the we're in a very his like clearly defined historical place and um it seemed you know we're in the tomb we're, we're mm-hmm. close to things have end. like ramped up things have like it hasn't just been vignette, vignettes or whatever of like oh just another clue it's like oh it's actually kind of es- escalating to a point where mm-hmm. like so yeah somebody does fall down the pit at, at this point and things start to get more get more serious i was thinking just about uh sean bean's like clue solving abilities and like it was just nicholas cage just like doing all this cool stuff and them solving it and then it just showed like sean bean with like a note with like a notepad and he's just like <laughs> he, he has it written out and then i paused just to look at his notepad because it was so funny because they're just like there's three drawings to the left of the pipe he's just drawing pictures of the corn cob pipe and there's like a little <laughs> smoke and stuff <laughs> and he's drawing like symbols and little doodles on the outside and he's just like Uh, (laughs) just like trying to look like he was trying to read it and he's like oh this one's capitalized and that one's capitalized he's like asking his henchmen like what do you think that means you're like those ones are more important than the other ones (laughs) like yeah Yeah. (laughs) and they i mean they solved it i mean it didn't didn't Mm -hmm. need i don't know they they figured it out uh <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts and then they they give him the wrong clue they he goes off on the on the elevator i i like that and they uh open the 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 big door with the with the broken piece of the pipe um into the the national treasure baby we we get there it's so satisfying that there that it's there it's not like some no, it's like, actually there yeah. it's not like some because i was I was just joking along the way, and i don't remember the ending very much but i, I was going to be like a box with a note that says like the real national treasure was the gift of freedom that's inside <laughs> all of us and that we are born with. All right. Oh, I love, I, I don't know. He's an I, alien, 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 I, 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 I kind of love that. <laughs> in my mind, I forgot about the ending of this and it's like, well, there's a second one. So I just assumed that it would just be like, 
it's somewhere else. It's somewhere else. Stay tuned. And I was yeah. going to be really pissed. But the fact that they find it and then also, too, there's an epilogue where they have to deal with it that I just found really kind of fun and interesting because, like, yeah, the, tre- the treasure apparently was, like, worth $11 billion. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And there's like this whole because I was just like, yeah, I even made a note. I'm like, okay, so you find eleven billion dollars in like gold and stuff. Like, what do you do? <laughs> like, you can't. Well, you can't just it, go, if go you to have a bank a, and just go like, I got this tomb filled with gold. Well, gold. the reason like, that it went the way it did was because we find out Sadusky, Harvey Keitel's character, is a member of the Knights Templar and <laughs> the Illuminati, right. whatever the the or the masons the freemasons so he probably had some connections across the world of like hey everybody like you know although the, maybe there's this whole they're all like members in different parts of the world i'm doing a lot of legwork for the movie I'm, this is just like the epilogue where like they just agree with the world of like yeah we'll take what, what does bartha say he wanted they were like offering him 10 percent, but then he said didn't they take like a smaller percentage like one percent one percent i think they and i looked it up and so like yeah i mean one percent of 10 billion is like what was it it was how did that shape is that a million i don't know (laughs) can't do that right now hold on no No. we gotta find this out (laughs) all right oh 50 million i still have it saved in my calculator nice 50 million yeah so i mean you know it's just it's crazy how much a billion really is it's fucking crazy 10x yeah she's the least um and then, like, I, they had the whole thing where he lights the 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 fire, and it just lights the whole room up. That's pretty cool. I was a little concerned for all those, uh, you know, ancient scrolls that were so close to that fire. But I'm yeah, sure, I'm right, sure catching fine. on those cobwebs <laughs> and them acting like, uh, yeah, like oh sure, uh huh. It just spreads all throughout the place and <laughs> burns the whole thing down. <laughs> and Can then they imagine? they send him to the yeah Sean Bean to the wrong place. I and then he gets cut. The, I did feel smart. It, it, the movie makes you feel smart at certain points. And that's kind of the fun part of like a mystery sort of uh, suspenseful sort of movie is like, you kind of try to figure things out a little bit ahead of them. Not everything, but the daylight savings time one, I was like, Oh, I'm with Bartha. I know that yeah. I figured this out. And they're like, tell us, tell us. He's like, I got a favorite. And I'm like, Oh, Bartha, come on, just come out with it. And I was satisfied. It made me satisfied. And I'm sure a lot, anyone could figure it out. I was like, Oh, daylight savings time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um that was yeah stuff like that is is fun when you kind of just re rethink history and the like when you see nicholas cage just dropping factoids about oh well this actually oh and this is that that kind of yeah. stuff is yeah it's like sean connery right. and, and or james bond or whatever just kind of like knowing shit and um this kind of character is is fun and i think nicholas cage does it well i think this was this was a a fun movie and um satisfied uh, its purposes for sure. And I was happy to to watch it all the way through this time. And after, you know, being aware from it as a 14 year old, when it came out and watching so many bits and pieces and uh, yeah, sequel and uh, you know, a show that come comes out now and everything, obviously there's a lot of fans and a lot of people that enjoy the world. And uh, these are kind of like my favorite kind of movies. It's like these action adventure sort yeah. of like uh, yeah, the mummy and Indiana Jones and um, you know, all, yeah, all, all this good stuff. I agree because yeah, it just reminds you of going to see movies as a family and um, mm-hmm. having a 
being presented with something that everybody enjoyed. It's a fun adventure. It doesn't have to be because, yeah, I mean, especially now at this age, there's so many movies that I go out and see to, for the purpose of like, what is this, you know, what is, what is their voice? What is their story? What is like all of these things? But I just, yeah, you can't lose the fondness of something that's a fun adventure for sure. And I think the difference too, because I don't want to like, because I also don't, you know, I understand that Marvel movies are a fun adventure as well, but there's something really to be said about a movie like this that's very grounded in um, reality. It isn't, you know, uh, the whole world isn't at, isn't, you know, uh, that's not the stakes. It's just about uh, yeah. finding a treasure. You know, it's nice. I love the supernatural. And even in Uncharted, I was criticizing that one for not having mm. almost enough supernatural stuff in this one that never really crossed my mind. I guess it's just dealing with a different thing of just, yeah, this is just this accumulated treasure from, from e like just over so, some like eons, like time has just passed and just sure. it's accumulated and people have moved at all these different places. Like that was almost supernatural enough was yeah. Uh, and it made, yeah, it made conspiracies fun. Like, you know, just like having a fun thought about like, Oh, what if that's real? But then, yeah, you just not, not taking it so, so seriously, but uh you know mm -hmm. it's it's a i guess and that's like what da vinci code was was people actually got yeah more more like actually upset about that one and this was just like a fun way to look at um yeah looking at a conspiracy to to hold this treasure and then it getting lost in the mix and then yeah just being a fucking cool ass treasure hunter that's just like yeah i'm gonna and then being the kind of guy and he has that whole speech at the end he's like we need to give it back to the world it belongs to the people <laughs> it belongs in the museum <laughs> he just had this uh, wow. indiana jones moment which is it's great i, I love that um i love it too and the thrill of the chase it's, that's what it's about and i that was something nicholas cage uh you know mentioned in an interview of just like what is his motivation to just for the money and and it seems so much uh, bigger than that for him of you know he does i think he does get a thrill but it's also for the higher purpose uh let's go on to some reviews uh, before we do that the bathroom real quick of course we'll take a bathroom break we'll be right back all right we're, we are back your your uh your beloved polarized hosts are back and we're here to take you through the journey of critic reviews, audience reviews, why they disagree. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of it. Maybe we won't. Maybe people just disagree. That's just how, how our world keeps on turning. Um, the Wall Street Journal. Let's start there. A 20 out of 100, uh, Joe Morgenstern gave this fine film. He says, Disney's national treasure is supposed to be family friendly. A PG rated action adventure free of hard violence and bad language. That's admirable to be sure. But with a friend like this, a family doesn't need sleeping pills. Hey, yeah, okay. Okay. Mm yeah, all right. Um, Austin Chronicle, Did Mark Savlaw. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it just, that was a weird turn after, uh, I thought he was going to get into, like, how there wasn't enough violence or whatever, but he just says it's like, or maybe, oh, yeah, it just is too, it's boring because there's not enough adult right action sort of oh. it's more pg but it's like i don't know you just seem like maybe your soul's dead joe morgenstern he probably would hate hook yeah um. <laughs> uh anyways the austin chronicle mark savlov gives it a 20 just says absurdism taken to a new extreme uh mm. the new york times stephen holden 20 if national treasure mattered at all you might call it a national disgrace but this piece of flotsam is so inconsequential that it amounts to little more than a piece of Hollywood accounting. 
flotsam. That's it's what good. I think of you, piece of flotsam, says New York Times. <laughs> They're genuinely upset that anybody mishandled the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> it sounds like. You're offended. National disgrace. Yeah, they're like, how dare you? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Our good friend Peter Travers at Rolling Stone gives it a 25. It's not just hard to believe any of this. It's impossible. And director John Turtletob directs with robotic cheerlessness. Huh. Did you get that sense? I I definitely got a sense of cheerlessness. No, it seems like they're having a great time. Yeah, I would say that it is maybe formulaic or mm-hmm. just only serviceable because, yeah, there wasn't anything about the way that this movie looked that was overly offensive. But sure, I guess I don't know. It just it, yeah, I don't I don't I disagree because I I think this movie could have been more boring in its visuals and it may it had flourishes that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think you said, well, like formulated, I guess some part aspects of this could be taken as a formulaic kind of Disney action movie or, or something like that. But it is, it's, I don't know, not to, not to make this as an excuse necessarily, but being a family friendly movie, it's like, it's fun to have everyone along for the ride, uh, and still have a mystery afoot and have a lot of clues and have one thing lead to another and and something to solve. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 it keeps you like kind of right right in the sweet spot throughout the pocket. throughout yeah. the uh you know attaining of all the knowledge along with the character and how everyone finds out and how things change like it's i don't know it kind of keeps you on on your toes which is what a movie like this should do but um in in a sense i guess yeah the closest i can come to agreeing with with this guy is maybe the little bit formula like the if i were to parti- partition that robotic part of their review um, from AV Club, Nathan Rabin, a 30. It lacks the conviction to embrace its own garish awfulness, resulting in little more than tedious historical and patriotic hokum. A preposterous pot boiler done in by the slack done in by slack pacing and pedestrian execution. Man, we just got a totally different feeling pew, from pew, that guy. Pew, 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 pew. Just bam, like line it up. Um Let's go to USA Today at 38. We're warming up. Mike Clark, 10 minutes into the picture, you're searching the screen for life force, life support machines. Oh, as if life support machines in the screen will help you somehow. Um, uh, Entertainment Weekly, a 50. We're almost at the fresh, fresh rating. Uh, Lisa Schwartzbaum, the character of a scruffy computer nerd played with might as well enjoy myself charmed by little known actor Justin Bartha steals the picture from glossier players. I love that. What is that? See that charm line again? What is it? Whoa, what was that? There's dashes between all of these words. Yes. Uh-huh. Might as well enjoy myself charm. Huh. Begin quote. Might as well enjoy myself. End quote. Charm. <laughs> huh. <laughs> that's so fascinating because we got the might as well enjoy myself yeah that i i don't know i didn't even get that energy i was like yeah we were talking about how too cool and uninterested or yeah yeah like for better or worse he carries this the transition having a good time? the transitions from scene to scene and he, and he is that kind of person like who would be i don't know if he even says this line he, he is this character that that would 
in English, please. Oh, that, sure. He's that kind of character, but every single line of his is like a version of that line. And so like, if you don't get it, he'll be like, so what we, what you're saying is, and then he'll tell you what's actually going on. Or he'll be like, well, I guess we're doing this now that right. just happened. He does that. Like the transitionary, when something's about to happen, he'll be like, Oh God, here we go. And then when something does happen, he's like, well, that was something. And he just, that, I, that gets so tiresome. I feel oh, like yeah, the last fair. time I experienced that the, in the strongest way was the, the Jurassic Jurassic world two more so uh, I saw like the fallen kingdom one, which has its own shit, but the, the side like comic relief in, in that second one was like barf. Oh, it's yeah. just constantly characters I, just being like, well, this is could This is my, this is worse than my day job or some shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I uh, like, I feel like I might, people might come after me, but oh, no. I, I, I felt the same way about, uh, lost world that I did about uh, Top Gun Maverick, where I just uh, felt like are people like bonked over the head and in a daze and just like, a, a, like just completely misforgiving and just letting this be a background to their own internal dialogue that mm. is like, it is, and those two things are similar. So there's just like this wavelength that people are operating that they are connecting with, but don't recognize how this movie is not very good. Mm. And, you know, I know why. Yeah. Cause Top Gun Maverick is Harold as being one of the best action movies in the last couple of years, whatever. And I just, yeah, there's so much of it where it was like retreading. It mm. was so mm-hmm. like steeped in nostalgia. Couldn't get a, like it, it couldn't be its own movie. It had to be a shadow of its of its predecessor. And then and then I felt like that too with <laughs> with Lost World, where I'm like the Fallen Kingdom one or the or was I forget what the first one. I forget oh the first one Jurassic World uh Jurassic you know, yeah. yeah Lost World I mean second one you know I'll, sorry, I'll go sorry, to back for that one. as as bananas yes. as that one is I have my own I love for that yeah but. I don't know. That's another one where, yeah, I went and saw that. And I was like, this is not good, <laughs> but, but everybody loves it. And I don't, and I'm like, I, all I can say is, oh yeah. Cause it's just, it's a, it's an action movie with people. You, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, or something. Yeah. Something I mean, like it's going to, it's going to scratch that itch for, for a yeah. lot of people. Um, and Top Gun, I think was successful in scratching, scratching that itch for, for a lot of people. Mm. And, you know, I think unequivocally it has like great action, um, but it's, yeah. it's one of those things where, yeah, it's going to hang its hat on what people remember about the first one and the structure of it is, uh, is a fun little cute, cute way of reinvigorating the, fr- the franchise in, in its own way. But, you know, like, like you said, it's, it's, uh, it's catering towards the people that, that want to re re-experience that in a new way. And it, and it does that. But, uh, I think the dialogue <laughs> is definitely something to go go at it for a little, a little bit you know and and, yeah, and some of that sure. some of that stuff but you know it's as as i've said with this action movie too it's like that dialogue in this movie itself is like kind of like nothing to herald or right anything on. but also yeah. it's it propels things from from one scene to the next but also yeah it's like, this is the first of an original kind of idea you know exactly. so that just makes it so right. fun and it really to the point where uh-huh. you know 2000 this movie came out came out 2004 like nearly 20 years later they're doing a fucking tv show about it with you know like on disney plus and uh so obviously it hadn't had an effect where it now is becoming the top gun that is the top gun maverick of this own franchise and everything so it's 
this is spawning its own thing. So clearly it's uh, what I, I mean, it wasn't even that rated that well by the critics or whatever. So it's like it it's it's just it has it has a, a, a cachet, a franchise cachet, even as as small as it might be. It's like might as well just gut it and uh, make something something else out of it. Um, sure. but who, who knows, maybe that new show is, is even better. Oh, that, con that concept to me is so crazy that they're doing a, a reboot 20 years later. Oh, a little less than that, but of a franchise that wasn't, that got, I mean, yeah, people love this movie, but it's a 76 on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. by the audience. Like we're mining properties that are middling it's crazy <laughs> that's crazy that's yeah that blows me away like it's we have this like at what point are we gonna get to the point like point of like okay so you got indiana what? jones five on its way man like oh, it's crazy I just, so in prep uh yesterday i watched uh ford versus ferrari Ooh, and it makes nice. so much sense why the uh director james man gold uh -huh. yeah is doing the new indiana jones he's a great director yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a beautiful looking movie. He captured the period very well. And yeah, it's just, it, he also has such a sensibility of like older men and like what drives them and, mm -hmm. you know, really is able to uh, focus on parts of characters and, uh, and highlight. Yeah. Like highlight the uh, characteristics of the, um, of these people in a way that gets you to saying the story about, yeah, like age and legacy mm -hmm. and, that just yeah totally fits into where indiana jones is it's well like, put yeah i think that yeah. i mean if it if it rides those lines a little bit more i think there's there's some promising stuff but to our earlier point it's like it's it's frustrating to not see see newer takes on things and may, like even like we talked about mighty ducks the first one is a polarizing movie and it's getting the mm -hmm. same treatment on, on disney plus it's getting the the mighty it got the mighty ducks uh tv show but something like there's this new uh Fuck it. There's this new dinosaur movie with Adam Driver where he like lands on some planet with a bunch of bunch of dinosaurs and he has to survive and shit. And it's like, hell yeah, like a fucking a dinosaur oh, yeah. movie that's not in Jurassic Park land, you know? Cool. Like what's cool. Let's, uh, let's do let's it. kind of yeah, sidestep come up with something else with like similar elements and, and make it interesting, you know? And uh um, you know, and maybe at, at the time National Treasure wasn't as as appreciated, but it's interesting looking back on it now where it's like, man, it was nice having a movie like that. That was just, uh, yeah, an, an interesting, fun, original idea uh, with like a, just a, I don't know. When is primetime cage? Because this this in its own way is kind of, I like kind of like an aged cage. Aged, yeah. Aged cage. Age, I mean, I would say this is probably at the tail end of his most popular mm -hmm. like street yeah. stuff. I mean, he really thrived in the 90s, right? And mm -hmm. you have. Because when did I mean, I mean his early stuff? Many would argue is probably his best, but I yeah I like his silly action movies a lot. Like all this yeah, Con Air, Face Off, this and The Rock, like that. I guess that would be a phase, and then like True Batshit maybe after, and then like more Oscar winning before all the action movies probably is when he's actually like chase yeah chasing Oscars. I mean he won an Oscar right for Leaving Las Vegas, and then we, I just watched uh, Moonstruck for the first time, which is just a oh, man crazy really great amazing performance yeah. too um mm -hmm. you want to move on to audience reviews yeah let's do it um let's we're gonna do a strictly five stars from the audience um from carolyn pluhar titled good movie five stars this movie makes you think about what did happen and what could have happened in the past mm. um from aaron m five stars <laughs> titled yay sean 
It has a middle-aged Sean Bean in white, and I like that. Yeah. And some oh, other things you. happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, loving that Sean Bean. Um, from Claire B, titled, uh, One of the Best Family Move. I assume they mean movie. Parents enjoyed along with the kids. Uh, I suffered through many kids' targeted productions that kids wanted to watch over and over and over and over again. You know the drill. When I bought this movie, I did not know anything about it, but the title and the cover sure did look interesting. We gave it a try one family night, ready, set, stand by with bowls of popcorn, and when the movie started, it instantly captured our attentions and hearts. It is fabulously engaging. Um, yeah, I think that yeah. has been that concept has been understated because we are two men that don't have a fa- like children, and uh, yeah, there is the need for a movie that you could show younger kids that you will be entertained as well. I, I'm sure that fervor is obviously never going to go away and it's probably stronger than us, not like than us realize. Cause we don't, we, we don't live that life. And so, yeah, I mean, that's totally. where this movie lives. We've mentioned it and that's where, and again, to highlight it is, yeah, it's, I, this movie is successful because mm-hmm. of, it the content that it is and the way that it executes and yeah it doesn't have a whole bunch of violence or anything like that. and it satisfies what pirates did for me too and i, I don't know the, the wave of like kind of the hunger games thing kind of came shortly after this i feel like where it was a lot of you know and that's kind of from harry potter as well but hunger games mm. had its own brand and twilight it's just like going going towards kids books and kind of ripping uh the pages from that and, and kind of coming up a series of unfortunate events which have their own successes to, to varying degrees but um yeah this is such sure. a movie movie from a guy it's <laughs> such a stupid phrase but it's like Bruck, oh, Bruckheimer no. makes the most movie movies man it's just like it's uh and it's yeah. not based on any you know sort of literature or text or anything and it's not necessarily leading into a chronological sort of like oh there's there's we, there's seven books or whatever and we got it's like no this is pretty self-contained and uh yeah, and it, it it you can picture like oh I want to go on another adventure with old Ben Franklin uh, Yates. <laughs> um, let's do another Absolutely. review from I think this one's a little bit of a longer one, but it looks pretty interesting. Uh, Patricia H. Parker titled "Great Adventure Movie" five stars. This movie undoes a lot of the harm that such films as From Hell have done to the reputation of the Masonic bodies. One of the previous reviews mentions that George Washington and Ben Franklin were Masons. However, so were Sam Adams and Paul Revere. In fact, it is said that that the Boston Tea Party was preceded by a meeting of members of the Boston Lodge and many of the Indians who threw the tea over the side were members of that lodge. The Masons definitely had a major part in bringing the American Revolution to fruition and victory. As a third generation member of the Masonic family and a former U.S. history teacher, I love this film. And I've, nice. watched, and I've watched it as many times as I can, constantly finding new things about it. The historic cool. facts are on target, as are the Masonic illusions. Uh, Don't get excited, those of you looking for Masonic secrets. Anything shown can be found in your local library. These are interwoven with a bit of imagination into the plot to protect the Templar treasure. Supposedly gathered over the centuries from lost civilizations. How breathtaking to be able to read once again the scrolls from the library at Alexandria or see centuries-old pieces of art which supposedly had been destroyed. The treasure is sent to the new world to protect it from those in the old world who would steal it from the peoples of the world. And where better mm. to hide it in but one of the oldest, most revered churches in the United States, a place where George Washington actually worshipped. My, my. Add to that the eye candy for my male or female viewers of Diane Kruger, Sean Bean, and Nicolas Cage, along John, Vo- along John Voight, who has become an elder statesman of the acting profession. 
and Harvey Keitel giving his usual wry performance as the FBI agent in pursuit, not of the treasure, but of those who would dare steal the Declaration of Independence. An exciting story wrapped around real history with marvelous performances. I'm not sure what the official critics wanted. Perhaps they should they should come down from their ivory towers and watch this movie with ordinary people who are only looking for great entertainment. Great tongue-in-cheek performance by Cage, who looks as if he's having a good time. Hell yeah. That was very Hell thorough. Yeah. It was felt like it was coming from a teacher. Uh, yeah. And I like how <laughs> they called out the critics, because I, <laughs> I, I think like right. it addresses our, our purposes a little bit here, too. Um, I'll just do like one more. I know that one was one or two more, and then we'll we'll move on to uh, our opinions. Um, from Fenex1200, titled A Great History Lesson. A fantastic movie for all ages. One really gets to enjoy the thrill of the chase. One clue leads to other clues that absolutely defines the genius of the founding fathers of the United States of America. One thing that stands out is Nick Cage's character, total respect for the declaration of independent or declaration of the United States and the great men who had the vision and and genius to come together to make the greatest country in the world. The movie is also an abridged history lesson for those so inclined. There's a fantastic plot, great acting and the thrill of the chase and the final scene where they find the treasure. Of course, the government must get their man, and they do in the end. A great movie for a rainy Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. Not not wrong. Not um, wrong. Yeah. There, that's all in there. I think. I think yeah. uh, there's just to give you even if you care about numbers on Amazon Prime Video, there are eight thousand three hundred reviews, and eighty three percent of those reviews are five stars. Wow. Okay. So it's average 4.8 out of five. Like people fucking love this movie, especially love on, this movie. On, yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes as a 76, but I don't know. I sometimes prime gives like a little bit more like sometimes modern sort of averaged out. Cause it keep, I feel like people keep going there to review as they watch it on prime video and whatnot. Um, yeah. I don't know if I were to, to judge the discourse here between the two camps, I, it just seems like the, uh, the critics were not very happy. I don't know with some of the more censored part of it being an action movie. Like I feel like critics sometimes want it or like really enjoy something that is a little bit more adult and uh, has, I don't know, maybe a, a lot more depth in certain areas when this is not necessarily the movie that's going to give you that. What it's going to give you is, is a great, is a awesome thrill ride. I, I think in my, yeah. in my opinion and a lot of the audience's opinion um, where, yeah, if you dig a little deep about some of the stuff and, and the, and whatever the realism, if that's what they want, or, or, or just the, the structure of the story and the fact that it's coming from, from Disney and all that. And there are a lot of things that are there, you know, just for entertainment and, and fun. And, uh, they don't dig deeper into some of the, the, the real greater realities if this were to be true, I guess, but it's a, it's a thrill ride. It's a, it's a thrill ride. And I think that makes sense why this would be more of a blockbuster that appeases the audiences rather than the, the critics, which is, I don't know, blockbusters are kind of harder to come by ones that, that appease the critics and not the audience. Uh, in our time here on the podcast, that seems to be somewhat of the trend. Um, but this, this being our second Bruckheimer, you know, and we mm-hmm. did the, and we did some pirates movies. It's like, I think it's, it's not so far off from, from how the critics felt about, those movies um oh, it's a big dumb action movie whatever like no substance and it's just like it's a rainy saturday afternoon like do you i don't know do you want to 
you just want to have a good time. You want you want to enjoy yourself and and enlighten your mood or or, or cozy up and enjoy uh, enjoy a movie. Yeah, yeah God forbid. But <laughs> also, it's just like some of those reasons. I I I you know I guess I I call out a little bit more. It's whatever. If you don't like it, you you don't like it. But uh, I'm on board for these types of movies. Um, uh, but I I can should I just give my my rating yeah my i was rating? gonna say just give, give your rating yeah uh, you just, yeah, yeah we have a wonderful uh i think this is, this is i think it's so a criticisms yeah it would would probably be bartha i mean I, he's he's pretty up there for for criticisms um and you know some of the some of the camera work and the speed ramping they think is cool and has certain effect and to me it's like kind of yeah, it's yuck. it's too much uh, uh it's mm-hmm. trying to like make it look cool just for cool sake, which is, is nice in, in other areas, but, and yeah. sometimes it's just too much. And also as great, as great as some of the action is uh, a lot of the action too, is like, there's so many quick cuts in, in these kind of movies sometimes that I think that is just like nauseating. And I can't tell what is going on when there's just so many cuts to, to so many things I want it to be, uh, to stay on, on one shot for a second. So I can see how, how exactly something happens in a, in a car chase or, um, some, some of the other things, uh, and I, yeah, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think if it could be shorter, but I, I think it's, I think it was fun. I think it was, it was a fun length and, and each clue, the amount of clues and the amount of cat and cat and mouse sort of things like, uh, filled it out. And then, yeah, I guess maybe the Diane Kruger sort of relationship with her wasn't the best writing, you know, from, but it's like, that's, that's kind of comes with the course with a Bruckheimer female character a lot of times, unfortunately. Um, but I like that. She, I like the scene where she kind of, you know, did the lemon juice with the the declaration. I thought that was, um, her best scene and, and, uh, having her contribute more would have helped, helped me a little bit. I think maybe if I, if I could sum it up, mm. um, this would be a, let's be 74. I think it's 74. Nice. I think like it's, it's a, it's a fun action, action adventure that I would, uh, watch again. Um, I, I almost feel like I I could go a little higher, but I I feel like 74 is good for now. And I'm pretty excited to see the second one. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that specifically I need to say, because I've just given my uh, like opinion and my general consensus on this all the way through. And I just almost don't want to nitpick it that much because I think it would nitpicking. It is just trying to do what the critics do and create a sense of like, Oh, I'm so valid. I'm able to point out all of these things that are, you know, so, um, non-artistic like are lacking artistic integrity or whatever and this um yeah the movies are allowed to be dumb and enjoyable and i i can and i'm i was on board for this Mm -hmm. i sometimes i won't be but i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like Mm -hmm. when the plotting gets too confusing or there are really annoying characters Mm -hmm. and yeah bartha (laughs) yeah right bartha gets us gets me close but overall like he he's pretty like yeah he's he's in the background and whatnot the flourishes that nicholas cage has all of that is so great and um so yeah honestly man i'm gonna give this movie an 80 percent. i think this was really fun i I would recommend it this is enjoyable um yeah hell yeah dude i'm I'm glad i'm glad we're on the same page i i you know i could i don't know it could go either way with uh taking a movie like this and kind of 
sitting there and trying to write notes and, and crit- criticize critically, like looking at it. But it's, I feel like we kind of got yeah. to that point where it's like, neither of us had many notes and it was just kind of just strap in and enjoy the ride. And, um, don't, yeah, I don't know. There's certain times where movies beg you to, to think harder. And then there's other ones where it's like, you feel comfortable in, in the seat and you don't have to question too much. And this is, this is one where this is that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel that way about it. And, um, yeah. And I feel very ready to take our, our trip yes. to the next level and do another treasure hunt in uh, national treasure Two, book of secrets, uh, came out in 2007 and uh, it's another polarizing uh, feature. It's lower on the scale for the critics. It's a 36% and a little bit lower for the audience too. It's 67. Um, but the the range between the two is is the same pretty much. They Everything just kind of dropped about 10%. Um, but they came out with a second one. And then uh, you thought it was done. No, no, no. They came out with the TV show and it's out right now. So um, yeah, it's clearly this wasn't a complete failure right (laughs) and we're gonna we're gonna get into it uh next time um it has been such an amazing 2022 uh for us here and uh thank you brandini for continuing to take this uh trip with me of um learning how to podcast and uh Mm -hmm. continuing to experiment and having a few lost episodes along the way um but yeah it's willing to experiment and, and and try things and uh and continue to come back every time i appreciate you so much dude um appreciate you, man. thank you for your a24 uh fleece jacket that you got me um i hope you like your idols record we had a lovely little gift exchange mm-hmm. um but yeah any anything else you want to you want to tell the the people on end of this year anything uh you looking forward to uh, our podcast for next year? Any any sort of thing that you think that we should try to like maybe expand or get into more on on the podcast next year? Yeah, I would just well, first off, anybody who's been listening, I just you know for the both of us, I'll speak for the both of us that Please. appreciate you guys listening. Yes, um, you know, I think there. What is it? It's like once you do something a hundred times, then you mm-hmm. know it takes like a hundred times to get good at something and so we're starting to get to that point for us and i think next year i'm excited about it i think next year we're going to uh take off i yeah we'll we'll talk about you know maybe adding more segments what have you but just really Mm -hmm. um yeah every year doing this it just it shows you how yeah i don't know i love the fact of that this has just been something that we've been consistently doing, even though it got a little muddy towards the end, we still came back into it, still got back in, still we're talking about it. And it's just, it's great. It's something that I think is, um, I'm really happy. I love having it in my life and, and taking, having that exercise of sitting down to a movie and, and really taking it in and knowing I, I'm going to, you know, present my thoughts and feelings and also have the opportunity to hear your, your thoughts and, and feelings and have that affect me. And, uh, mm-hmm. ascribe a numerical score. I've all been really like worthwhile practices. And then also, yeah, just trying movies that maybe we wouldn't watch necessarily or, or uh, revisiting ones that we haven't seen in a while has just been, uh, really interesting. And it also makes me look at other podcasts that I listen to in, in different ways. And it's, it's illuminated watching movies, listening to podcasts, uh, and, and, and writing notes and everything. It just, yeah, I think it's, um, expanded, my my discipline of of doing all those things thank you guys again so much for for being with us and um we'll be back next year next time with national treasure 2 
If you want to reach us in any way, uh, polarizethepod at gmail.com uh, with all your tucked in shirt uh, fashion tips, <laughs> uh, please. Uh, polarizepod on Twitter as well. Uh, polar where we stream live on twitch.tv slash polarizepod. We're doing it live right now. Uh, one of our messages today was from Blarge. Uh, it says, oh my God. Daypod is what he says. And he also says, this movie is a national treasure. Uh, and he's not wrong. So on that note, we'll see you all uh, next year, next time. We love you. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.